0: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Wilson takes a high snap, one-hands it, bounces around, bounces around, throws the ball, and it is deflected, incomplete end zone, and the Colts have won. Russ had all kinds of time, couldn't find anybody open, took a chance. He was going to Sutton the whole way. Russell should know better than to try Stephon Gilmore. Well, he's got Hamler wide open. Yep,
3: it was wide open. Tough one to lose. Colts beat Broncos 12 to nine.
4: Hard to call that one an overtime thriller last night. Hello, and welcome into NFL Now. I'm Omar Reese in the NFL Network newsroom. We'll have much more on the fallout in Denver on the Broncos' loss against the Colts on Thursday night football. We'll have all your injury updates. Still to come, and we'll also have Jets linebacker CJ Mosley set to join us ahead of their big showdown in the AFC East against the Dolphins. But we start with the injury front our NFL insiders Ian Rapoport, Tom Pelicero, and Mike Garofolo. Ian, we'll start with you the huge game in London, Giants and Packers. They're both now in London. What's the latest on the Giants injury front?
5: Now some positive injury news right off the bat for the Giants. They've been hopeful and optimistic about the status of Daniel Jones, their starting quarterback, who suffered what looked to be a pretty painful ankle injury last Sunday, came back in the game, uh, and we did not know what his status was going to be this week. Good news, he is off the injury report, practiced fully today, and will play on Sunday. So certainly some questions, plenty of questions with the Giants, but good news on Daniel Jones. Uh, Meanwhile, his backup Tyrod Taylor out with a concussion. Not as good news on the receiving front though. Kadarius Toney, the first rounder from last year. I mean, look at these injuries for the Giants. There's so many of them. Kadarius Toney, their first rounder from last year, tweaked his hamstring, then tweaked his other hamstring. He is officially out. Wandale Robinson, their second rounder, who I know they have really, really high hopes for, dealing with a knee injury, was a DNP today, officially out. He also will not play. And then Kenny Galladay, guys, dealing with an MCL sprain. Did not make the trip to London. They hope it's just a minor injury, but he also
4: has been ruled out for the Giants. All right, meanwhile, Mike, the Browns are coming off that loss against the Falcons. Potentially could get Miles Garrett back. He was out in Atlanta. What's the latest on Garrett's status?
1: Doesn't seem to be any potential about it, Omar. Miles Garrett is going to play. He's been on track to play since he returned to practice Uh, on Wednesday, telling reporters uh, that he feels ready, feels good, ready to make a difference and change this game when I am in it. He is a game changer when he is on the field and healthy, so obviously huge for the Browns to have him back. The question is, are they going to have Jadeveon Clowney as well? Clowney returned to practice. Uh, in a limited capacity it seems today and uh, has that ankle issue that he's been working on. Sounds like he's going to be uh, a bit of a game-time decision there. Uh, that ankle was injured in that Jet game a couple of weeks ago, so we'll see if the Browns are at full strength. Well, I mean. Can't say full strength, neither guy's really going to be at 100%, but maybe they're both on the field together. That's the way it was drawn up, and that's the way the Browns are most effective. We'll let you know on Sunday whether that's the case.
4: Yeah, they certainly can use all the help they can get against the firepower that is Justin Herbert and the Chargers' offense. Meanwhile, the Lions have had an incredible offense. They're up against the New England Patriots uh, this Sunday. Questions about the Patriots' quarterback situation. Tom, what's the latest there?
6: omar mac jones was on the field again today he's been limited in practice this week our guy mike giardi who's there all the time said mac looks pretty much the same as he has throughout the week he's still moving with a limp but certainly more mobile than he was a week ago and bill belichick said to reporters that mac certainly is a lot closer to playing than he was at this time last friday now what does all that mean well mac jones has as ian and i have reported a pretty severe high ankle sprain. That is normally a 4 to 6 week injury. Mac Jones is like 12 days out from suffering it. Now, could he find a way to play on Sunday? We'll find out if the Patriots give him a chance when the injury report comes out, but if not, the rest of the Patriots depth chart right now Brian Hoyer is out four games on injured reserve after a concussion. Rookie Bailey Zappi, who made his NFL debut five days ago, would be the one in line to get the start. And then the backup would be Garrett Gilbert, who signed like three days ago to the practice squad. So moving parts for the Patriots. They're facing a Lions team that's got some question marks as well. Wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown did return to practice today, most likely in a limited capacity, but Dan Campbell not yet ruling him out because of that ankle injury that he's suffered a couple of weeks ago against Minnesota. Campbell also not ruling out running back DeAndre Swift, who got hurt in that same game. But Swift is dealing with a shoulder sprain as well as an ankle sprain. The idea going into this really was give Swift that extra week because the Lions have their bye coming up next week. Let him get more healthy. Though, again, we'll see whether or not St. Brown potentially could get back on the field this week. Yeah, and if it
4: is Bailey Zappi, ought to come in with a lot of confidence the way he and the – Patriots took the Packers to overtime last week, going against a Lions defense that gave up 48 points to Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Lots to look forward to this weekend. Mike, Ian, Tom, thank you all very much. Meanwhile, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, going for a walk in London. Matt LaFleur wanted the team to stay awake and make sure they moved around after practice. Rodgers looking at the dog, making friends there in England as the Packers get ready to play. The Giants. Meanwhile, here was their practice video a little earlier today. Both teams flying Thursday night, landing Friday morning. Of course, the game is 930 Sunday right here on NFL Network. You can catch our coverage starting at 7 a.m. with NFL game day kickoff. Our Stacey Dales caught up with Alan Lazard a little earlier today.
7: Packers receiver. Alan Lazard is in London with us. Uh, just got off the practice field. I guess the obvious question is like, how do you feel? Where's your body at? Just hopping off a plane into practice.
8: Um, still kind of getting app- acclimated to everything here, obviously, but um, still pretty excited, you know, for the game Sunday and everything. And. Going to get some downtime now to be able to go out and explore and be able to, you know, sightseeing some London.
7: So I had the Vikings Saints last week, and Justin Jefferson told me he doesn't drink coffee, but they had espresso waiting for them. Well, well, how are y'all going to stay awake to get your bodies ready in a short turnaround?
8: A lot of black coffee. A lot of black (laughs) coffee. No sugar, no cream, no milk, no nothing. Just black coffee, just straight from the source, um, organically.
7: You're kind of the, uh, I would say, uh, you know, you and and Randall, really the elder statesmen at this receiving core um alan where is the chemistry between you guys some of the young players you know christian dobbs like and your quarterback aaron Rodgers?
8: i think it's right where it needs to be you know obviously randall and i have been in the system for quite some time and have a very good comfortable chemistry with aaron um and those young guys are building every single day and you know we don't need to be um at a super bowl level just yet you know we're only going to week five and everything so there's a lot of room to growth um for the young guys and, and and us as a collective group as well but um you know, I think we're right where we need to be. We're three and one. Obviously, have yeah. a great opponent this Sunday, and it's another opportunity to go out there and showcase our talents. You
7: are three and one after your Patriots win this past week. Aaron said we've got to get into a rhythm earlier and start faster. Ten points, I think, combined in the first quarter of your first four games. Right? How do you do that here in London?
8: Um, you know, I think you know, with the new environment, um, new challenges, you know, it will. Make it available for us to be able to, you know, be able to have a new start, new change, mm-hmm. to come out there, come hot, and um, just be able to go play fast early.
7: It's sold out at Tottenham on Sunday. First time here for the Packers. What's that? What would a win mean?
8: Oh, I mean everything. Obviously, I think it was the first time two, three, and one teams or two. Um, teams with a positive record are, are facing over here and everything and then obviously the legendary historical Tottenham Stadium and all the history that they've had there. To be able to play here, um, to be able to play for the Packers against the Giants um, over here is something pretty special and I won't take it for granted.
7: Well we appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy. Enjoy the experience. Alan Zard.
8: Yeah Lazard was absolutely
4: correct. On paper this is the best game We've ever had in London a pair of 3-1 and teams. First time ever we've had two teams with winning records play in London. The game kicks off Sunday at 9.30 Eastern right here on NFL Network. And again, our coverage kicks off at 7 a.m. Eastern on NFL Game Day Kickoff. For more on the experience in London, our very own Mark Ross took in the game between the Vikings and Saints last Sunday. What did you think, Mark?
9: Man, it's a phenomenal experience there, Omar. Look, I was with the Giants in 2007, the first time we went over there and played Miami. We played at Wembley Stadium. It was rainy, and that field was just just real low for those soccer players. Tore the field up, and it was more a curiosity situation for the fans, like, what is going on here? And now going the other day, to London and just walking around it was the first time I had been to a game as a fan of course I had the credential I was there with the NFL league office with the international combine that they have but really just to walk around and absorb the atmosphere uh, with with the stadium and it's interesting that even though it was a Saints home game and the Vikings were playing you see a bunch of their jerseys. The fans there, they wear every single jersey possible in the NFL. They just put a jersey on and they show up. So you look around the crowd and you see every single team represented of different eras and, and different years represented. But it's really such more of a true football fan there now as opposed to 07 when we went and it was just like, what is this? But now they're so much more informed. They're so much more passionate and knowledgeable about the game. And so it's just really a different sort of atmosphere than going to a game in the States where you know you've got your home team, you've got your away team, you're either rooting or booing for the team. Here, it's just all sort of a celebration of football. And you'll see that evolve more and more in these uh, London games and worldwide.
4: Yeah, certainly. I was there in 2019 for the Rams-Bengals game in London, and it feels like a Super Bowl atmosphere, the way you mentioned that there's teams representing from all 32 clubs there with the fans in the stands. But I think we've seen a little bit... Of a change recently, Mark, there have been more fans from the respective teams that are playing to have a little more crowd impact. We'll we'll see how the Giants and Packers fans turn out on Sunday. Mark Ross, thank you very much. Still to come here, C.J. Mosley set to join us for more on that matchup. Jets and Dolphins, it's a good one. AFC East, that's next on NFL Now.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
4: London is the place to be for the matchup of the week. The Giants and the Packers in London, pair of 3 and one teams. Aaron Rodgers making his London debut. First time a reigning MVP has played in London. Of course, Aaron Rodgers has been heating up. He has two touchdown passes, three games in a row. They've won three in a row. Romeo Dobbs, that connection heating up. Now let's send it over to our fantasy crew with more quarterback receiver stacks.
13: We all like getting fantasy points and having our fantasy guys score touchdowns. You know what's even better than that? Being able to double up, which is why we're talking stacks. Our favorite quarterback pass catcher duos coming up for week five. So, Mike Florio, who is yours? Uh, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase here. We know, one, that they, they have a very strong connection together. Uh, and last year in two games against the Ravens, who are allowing a ton of production to quarterbacks and receivers this year, uh, Joe Burrow threw for nearly 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. That's, that's pretty good. And the last last time Jamar Chase was in Baltimore he went off for over 34 fantasy points so i think this is a get right game for chase and i like both of them a lot this week you know i'm going to go with the with the stack of patrick mahomes And Travis Kelsey, two players that have had a lot of success, especially recently over the Las Vegas Raiders. This has been a very one-sided rivalry, like back in the 90s when The Rock was going up against Stone Cold. And Stone Cold seemingly won every time, although Stone Cold did win. No, wait, The Rock did win in WrestleMania 19. But the thing is, these guys score a lot of points against the Raiders, so make sure you're stacking them up this week.
7: I don't have any wrestling references, but I do have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs for your Ooh. top candidates for the stacks situation this week. They're playing in Pitts they're playing against Pittsburgh at home. I think this home crowd wants to see a lot of points. Josh Allen scoring tons of them. Stephon Diggs, the only player in the NFL with over 400 receiving yards and four touchdowns this season.
2: So, I'm looking at this one, and I could even add like a little bit of Devin Singletary. On oh my the top. God! Triple, Make stack. A triple stack, you know?
13: It's spicy with a triple stack. You and all these millennial quarterbacks. I'm going Gen X. With Tom Brady throwing the ball to Mike Evans this week, we saw Brady kind of get back to his fantasy form last week, even though it was a loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. He threw for three touchdowns, nearly 400 yards. And right now, Mike Evans is his number one receiver. Evans seeing a lot of opportunity, especially down near the end zone, leading the team in end zone targets, also getting a ton of the air yards. The matchup is great this week against the Atlanta Falcons, so I think Tom Brady and Mike Evans have a big day Working together. Hey, if you want more great information like that, and Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you, be sure to check out NFL Fantasy Live. We're with you every single weekday, Monday through Friday.
4: A lot of talk this offseason about the youth movement in New York, the Jets, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, rookies, Garrett Wilson, second year quarterback, Zach Wilson, but it's been one of their veteran leaders leading the way four time Pro Bowler, CJ Mosley, who's seventh in the NFL this season. In tackles. CJ mostly joining us now on NFL Now. CJ, how you doing? Doing
12: well. How about you?
4: Yeah, pretty good. Two and two. You guys are off to a great start with those incredible wins. Two double-digit fourth quarter comebacks you've had this season. It's been a struggle to get wins since you've been with the Jets, CJ. Where does this belief that you guys are always in the game come from?
12: Um, it really just comes down to our execution. Um, you know, we've been playing really well in the first half of games. Uh, been pe- been playing well in third quarters and you know when we on defense when we're able to control explosive able to get out the field on third down offense extend drives um, and have a good back and forth game you know games always come down to the fourth quarter in this league and if you execute and you stick to your game plan um, usually those those are the teams that win the games
4: yeah how rewarding has this season been for you cj No, know 2019 missed most of the year because of injury and then opted out of the 2020 covid season bounce back last year and then early season success here
12: what's that been like for you? Um, it's been fun. Um, it's always fun winning you know everything hurts a little less when you win. <laughs> um, these, these first four games you know we've learned a lot as a team we learned a lot about ourselves. Um, most importantly um, you know we figured out ways to win uh, tough football games on, on the road. So you know we're coming into this Sunday we have a home game division game so we're very excited uh, but we have to make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing and that's us execute our game plan. Uh, make plays and fly around and have fun.
4: Yeah, literally, you're going to have to try to slow down and figuratively slow down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle with that speed that they have on that Dolphins offense. What is the key to slowing them down?
12: Uh, well, the first key for us is you know keeping uh keeping an edge on the parameters. Uh, they like to run the ball on the edges. You know they like to do a lot of motions, a lot of jets and things like that to get their players in space. So once we um, control the run game, um, it's all about the back end, you know, playing, playing ball, playing pitch and catch. And we know they're going to throw the ball up. Um, we got to have those, those long balls, those deep balls um, double and have the linebackers playing good, um, good defense on the back end once we um, get a good read for their play action.
4: Well, speaking of the back end, you have Sauce Gardner, a rookie corner who's been off to a great start. You, as a rookie, made a Pro Bowl there. What have you seen from uh, Sauce and some of the other younger players on defense there?
12: Uh, I would say the the main thing that that stands out with our young guys, um, including Sauce and you know all the guys that came in, is just their their key to detail, um, the way they try to execute every day. They come in, they come into meetings ready to come in, focused. Not a lot of playing around. Um, and, you know that's a lot of credit to to the guys that that we have around them. You know, you know, including me, including the other vets and, and players I've been in this league. Uh, when we come to work, um, you know, when we step on the field, man, we we know it's about business. We're trying to execute. We're trying to. Set the tone for the week, and um, they—the younger guys—are are buying into that system, they're buying into that role, and they understand that we need them to play great every day for um, in order, in order for us to have a chance.
4: As a veteran, is that something you had to impress upon them, or did they come in like that?
12: Uh, honestly, they, they really came in like that. Um, it's our job to keep them focused. You know, it, it's our job to to lead the way for them um, on and off the field when it when it comes to execution, when it comes to taking care of their body. Uh, Watching film, looking at the right things. Um, You know, when we when we watching films or asking the right questions, uh, having those little those little discussions outside of the meeting room, or when we on the sideline of game and adjusting the things like that. Um, Just the way that everybody gels together, the way we're able to all talk together and figure out things really quick. uh, That that's really what I feel is it's been a big a big factor for our defense this year.
4: Yeah, last week you got Zach Wilson back, caught a touchdown, first time ever a Jets quarterback has done that. Then he unleashes the gritty. Seems like he has yeah. all kinds of swag. What's been your impression of the young quarterback?
12: Um, I mean, it's, it's some things you can't coach. Um, you know, when, when he had pressure on the last week, man, he was just getting out the pocket, you know, scrambling around, making plays. Um, you know, I, I told him after the game, I think his most impressive play was, you know, when they fumbled the ball and he somehow scooped it up with one hand and, and just remember to just throw it out of bounds on um, pass the line of scrimmage. Like those those type of things you can't coach. And when you know you have a guy like Zach back there that can make those plays and can you know move around with his legs and has the arm arm um, arm power to make long, longer throws. You know you love that kind of player because you know, he, he's never out. The play is never over. C.J. The
4: way you guys have won in that thrilling fashion down the stretch of games, how can that galvanize you for the rest of the season?
12: Um, it really just. You know, puts in perspective of, of what we just talked about. You know, when, when you execute, when you stick to your game plan, um, things go the right way. Uh, when you look at the offense, the the last drop that they had to score, you know, Zach went six for six, as we know. But, you know, everybody did their job. It wasn't one man worrying about what the next man had to do. Everybody focus on what they have to do individually in order for the next man to do their job. And, you know, that's that's us executing um, play in and play out. And when you no know, crunch time moments come, you know, who's going to be that guy to make the play for us? All right.
4: CJ, mostly can't wait to see you on display against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Thanks again for joining us here on NFL Now.
12: Sure, thank you for having me.
4: A lot of defense on display on Sunday here at SoFi Stadium. Micah Parsons and Aaron Donald. Ranked second and third in the NFL for tackles for loss since 2021, trailing only Nick Bosa. Micah Parsons saying earlier this week he has a lot of respect for Aaron Donald, the way he plays on defense. Can't necessarily emulate him because of their different body types and different styles of play, but a lot of respect going Back and forth. A lot of respect for Jim Trotter here, who will be at that game covering the Cowboys and Rams. Jim, it's been clear for the Rams' offense, their offensive line has struggled. How might they get it together against that ferocious Cowboys front?
11: Well, Omar, let's start with the good news for the Rams from this standpoint. David Edwards, their starting guard, is expected to return on Sunday. Now, he missed last week's game while in concussion protocol on Wednesday, he was a limited participant in practice, but on Thursday, he was a full participant, so it bodes well for him. The Rams still have issues, though. They're expected to start their fifth different starting offensive line in as many games this year. Now, we know starting center, Brian Allen, was injured in week one against the Bills with knee injury. Uh, Coleman Shelton replaced him, and then Col- Coleman Shelton got hurt Monday night against the 49ers, so they will be starting their third-string center in this game. So. From that standpoint, things are not great for that offensive line, but getting back someone like David Edwards at least is a step in the right direction in terms of trying to alleviate some of the issues that they have had up front.
4: Yeah, I remember when Sean McVay first got here, it seemed like they had the same offensive line start for about two seasons straight. Certainly uh, uh, could get a little more continuity here in the 2022 season if they can get healthy. Meanwhile, Micah Parsons exploded out the gate Here uh, early candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. Why might he have another big game against the Rams Jim.
11: You know Omar it's what you said earlier. It's, It's not just the fact that he's going to be playing a Rams offensive line that's beat up and decimated by injury but it's the fact that he has so much respect for Aaron Donald and what you know about great players is that typically they like to play best when they're on the same field with great players whom they respect. And in terms of, of what um, uh, Michael Parsons said about Aaron Donald, this quote is just so telling. He said, my level of respect for him is through the roof. He sets the tone for their defense. He's dominated since his rookie year. He's been an all-pro since his rookie year. And he's the standard of how you want to be when you come into the league. I'm hoping I can follow in his footsteps and reach his level of greatness and success. So when Micah Parsons says something like that, it's clear you want to get the respect of someone who you look up to. He looks up to Aaron Donald, and the fact that he is going to play, be playing an offensive line that's decimated by injury, the fact that he wants to show his respect for Aaron Donald by playing so well, to me, could translate into a monster game for Micah Parsons
4: on Sunday. Yeah, Micah Parsons looking for inspiration by playing well in front of Aaron Donald. Also was out at the Rangers game earlier this week when he saw Aaron Judge hit the AL record-setting home run. So, finding inspiring ways to contribute there as well. Jim Trotter, thank you very much. Yeah, there's another NFC East, NFC West showdown looming in the desert. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts versus Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. The Zach Ertz reunion game. We'll start to break that one down next on NFL Now.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
8: I think Kobe and everybody they're prime, Kobe would win a one on one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the
12: <laughs> Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that,
10: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, point game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock, and then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
0: what you I know?
8: told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't need it. Ain't <laughs>
10: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Last time we saw Patrick Mahomes on the field, it was Sunday night in Tampa, and he pulled off the Mahomes Magic, the flip to Clyde Edwards Alaire for the touchdown. Mahomes and the Chiefs will be in the primetime spotlight once again, this time on Monday night hosting the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's where we will find our James Palmer on Monday. James, I know you're excited for this one. I bet you Josh Jacobs is excited for this one, too, the way he carried the football against the Broncos last Sunday. What more can we expect from him throughout this season?
3: Well, Omar, we know what what Jim broke down a little bit with Josh Jacobs running the football, but I want to look at it from a different angle, and you're right. Last week against the Denver Broncos, he carries the football for a career-high 144 yards and two touchdowns. That was the sixth-best rushing defense going into that game. Monday night, he's going to be going against the sixth-best rushing defense right now in the Kansas City Chiefs. But the part of Josh Jacobs running the football early and that playing a part in what Josh McDaniels sees in opposing defenses could be something that he utilizes moving forward with this Raiders offense. It allows McDaniels to see while they're running the football early and having success, if if Jacobs keeps carrying the football this way, to see how teams are covering Devontae Adams, Darren Waller. If they're doubling both, what kind of coverages are they using? Now Hunter Renfro is back from his concussion. He hasn't played since the last play of week two. So with their big three receivers, What does Josh McDaniels realize early on if he runs runs Josh Jacobs often to find out how they're covering in the passing game his three main targets? That's a big aspect to keep an eye on as he goes against
4: Steve Spagnuolo on Monday night. Yeah, and Hunter Renfro, who's missed the last couple games with a concussion, was back out at practice this week. So that would be huge if the Raiders can add him to the lineup there in Kansas City on Monday. James Palmer, thank you very much. Meanwhile, the Battle of the Birds in the desert, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles put their perfect 4-0 record on the line against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. There's Zach Ertz. It'll be a reunion game for him. Third reunion game in a row for the Eagles after facing Carson Wentz and then Doug Peterson and now Zach Hurts. For much more on this game, we welcome in our Mark Ross and Jim Trotter. And, Mark, we saw a couple weeks ago that Eagles' ferocious front sacked Carson Wentz nine times, but they haven't faced a quarterback like Kyler Murray so far this year. What's the key to contain him on Sunday?
9: Well, the the Eagles' front has a lot of versatility and a lot of talent up front, a lot of different ways that they could come at it. Yeah, they've faced pretty much stationary sort of quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goffs, and Trevor Lawrence hasn't shown the playmaking yet. But Kyler Murray, we know, poses a different challenge the thing with about that eagles front is that they do have hassan reddicks and the brandon grands and fletcher coxes up there that they can put a lot of different bodies in there and a lot of athletes on the back end with the darius slay that they can pretty much rush with four and, and have containment with the linebackers the huge thing i think for the eagles defense is they start fast number one scoring team in the first half with the with the eagles uh, offense and the Cardinals are the last, are last in the NFL in scoring. So if the Eagles front, if the Eagles get up early like they've done and crushed opponents in the first half, like they've done the first four games and the Cardinals start slow, that'll make it even more, uh, uh e- that'll make it easier for that Eagles front to sort of contain Kyler and make him bleed out the clock, bleed out plays and not give up the big explosive plays like we saw Kyler do in the, the huge, uh, comebacks that the Cardinals
4: have won this year. Yeah, the Eagles have been absolutely dominant in that second quarter of this season. Meanwhile, for the Cardinals, Jim, what's the keys for them to hand the Eagles their first loss?
11: Well, I want to put some meat on the bone to what Mark just said about the Cardinals' slow start. Consider these numbers. They have yet to score a single point in the first quarter of this season. They're the only team that has not scored in the first quarter of this season, having been outscored 31 to nothing by their opponents. They have only one touchdown in the first half the season. They have not scored more than uh, seven points in the first, second, or third quarters of a game this season. It is not until they find themselves in desperation mode in the fourth quarter that they have been able to put up points, scoring at least 14 in three of their four games. So when Mark talks about the need for the Cardinals to get off to a fast start because the Eagles are so dominant early in games, these numbers reflect that. I reached out to someone in the organization with the Cardinals and said, man, I don't know if the Eagles are taking you guys seriously. And this person joked with me, I think, and said, why would they? Look at how we're playing at this point. But the silver lining is the Cardinals are still 2-2 and and tied for first place in their division.
4: To that point, Jim, Jalen Hurts in his weekly press conference this week didn't get a single question about the Cardinals. And then he even pointed out, hey, I know you guys didn't ask me about the Cardinals, but they are a good team, sort of making that message to the locker room that, hey, we can't take this team lightly, even though nobody else outside of their building might be doing so. Jim Trotter, Mark Ross, thank you both very much. As we continue to celebrate Latino Heritage Month, we share the accomplishments of Broncos linebacker Nick Bonito leading up to his rookie year. Here are his accomplishments. He was the 64th overall pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, and he is of proud Cuban descent.
10: New York Giants.
9: Blue. Green Bay Packers. Go Packers.
10: Go Packers. Go Packers. Let's go. Go. go.
9: Giants, Packers in London.
10: Game
8: day engines Let's are running. Go. Can't miss this match up for nothing. Tottenham, Hotspur, is jumper. Let's go.
9: The Giants alive and kicking in the Saquon is back as one of the best that's in the league. Can a young Packers team get the 4-1 we gon' see? Led by legendary Aaron Rodgers, that's the OG. And Aaron Jones been on the rise, low-key. Last week he moved like jetpacks was on both feet. New York or Green Bay, which team is gon' send a message? First London game where both teams got winning records. NFL Network don't miss a second. And if you pass it on this game, then you deserve to be intercepted.
4: Hey, we can't wait for this one. The New York Giants tweeting out Saquon Barkley on the practice field. What a beautiful day for football, isn't it? I feel like I'm Rachel Bonetta doing her British accent. New York Giants and Green Bay Packers, a matchup we are highly anticipating here on NFL Network. It is here on our network kickoff at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Our kickoff coverage begins at 7 a.m. Eastern with a -a two-and-a-half-hour pregame show. They'll be getting you set for all the Week 5 action, but specifically Giants and Packers. First time two teams with winning records will face off in London. Can't wait for that. Time now for one more thing with James Palmer, Jim Trotter, and Mark Ross. Mark, we'll start with you. What's your one more thing? I know we've talked about how
9: rough that game was, particularly Russell Wilson. Two interceptions, bad throw at the end, but this might have been the worst part of the night for Russell right here. Check this clip out.
6: Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, Broncos country. That's right.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Russ, Hmm. just let it go, man. That's not, you're not riding my little pony at that point, man. Let it go. Hey, he is consistent, (laughs) if nothing
4: else. James, what's your one more thing?
3: Well, I was at that game that Mark did tell me he watched every single second of. I was in the press box getting coffee, repeatedly trying to get through it. But I do want to give some attention to the man that called that game. I had a quick laugh with Kirk Herbstreit afterwards about Al Michaels and um, being on this call. And I thought he was lights out, saying things like, this is the type of game that should be your fifth regional game on CBS. Or saying, it's first and goal, something I thought I never would say tonight. Or, sometimes a game is so bad, it's actually good. I thought Al Michaels actually was fantastic. getting through that game
4: last night. I was thinking Al Michaels hasn't missed a beat, certainly has brought entertainment to those Thursday night Amazon broadcasts. He is a legend for a reason. Jim Trotter, what's your one more thing?
11: Well, Omar, we know there are always a lot of eyes on the international game, and one group that will be watching this Packers performance closely will be the Bears and their fans. Why? Not only because it could have an impact on the divisional standings, but it could have an impact on the historical standings. The Packers and Bears are tied at 785 wins for the most victories in league history. If the Packers win Sunday morning, obviously they move one ahead. The Bears will have a chance to tie, but if Packers win, a Bears loss, the Packers take over first place historically in terms of all-time wins and It gives Aaron Rodgers another reason to say to Bears fans, (laughs) I own you. (laughs) Yeah, again, that game right here on
4: NFL Network at 9.30 a.m. Lastly here, we want to wish a happy birthday to our coordinating producer, Jeff Collette, makes it happen behind the scenes. There you see him in his older days. Hey, James Palmer, I know you'll agree as a hair aficionado, he has the best hair on NFL Network. It's a shame he doesn't get to show it off more often. There he is. Happy birthday, Jeff. It's actually on Sunday. Have a great weekend and enjoy with your lovely wife, Lori, there. Happy birthday, birthday, Jeff. Everybody enjoy the games. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.
0: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired.
2: Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
8: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new?